This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, today we're talking all about screen time. Also, we discuss Lamborghinis, Lyft driver reviews, and wall boogers. I think I say boogers funny. Podcast. Oh You're like barely awake. Podcast. <laughs> Rachel, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? This fine morning. This fine morning. Good morning. We have to get up early and record because apparently our children are here all, all the, the time. time. Forever and ever, amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. One week into school. One week in and we're exhausted, but... You know, we're doing the best we can. On the plus side, kids are... Wait, there's a plus side? I'm just kidding. On the the slightly (laughs) plus side? (laughs) On the neutral side, kids are adapting pretty well. Yeah. On the negative side, you just found a booger on our wall. (laughs) Yeah, the sad part... Don't know whose it was. (laughs) What just occurred to me is that I picked a booger off the wall, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, gross, that's a booger. And I flicked it onto the floor. No, you didn't. <laughs> I have no idea whose it was, but a normal parent who's like concerned about sanitation would have thrown it in the trash and then washed her hands. And I just sat down with my coffee. And was like, "Let's do this, baby." <laughs> so you're telling me <laughs> that over there in this room, there's a somewhere booger. there's a booger <laughs> that I need to avoid. <laughs> yes. Great. Yes. A landmine. Something fun for later. <laughs> I guess it's better than on the wall. I don't know. No, no, it's definitely not. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because now there's no no way to avoid it, really. We're Well, we're glad to have this morning with you all. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel. This is David. Smooth transition. <laughs> hey, I wanted to say thank you all for rating us and reviewing. We love that. Appreciate it. We can't believe people listen, but you are. We like your emails. Thank you for your feedback. Yeah. I want to be clear. We like you rating and reviewing us in iTunes, not like coming up to us in person and be like, <laughs> eh, I give you a three. <laughs> like that interaction, <laughs> 3.2. Yeah. Oh, you have a podcast? Is that? <laughs> Wouldn't that suck if you just had a life like that? That is just the future, ratings? right? Like you just have a Yelp review of every interaction you have oh somehow my gosh. through your Google Glass. I would fail miserably. Oh, I just would not leave the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see that that about you. That's social pressure. I could see that. And I would leave the house all the time. I'd be like, i got to get my ratings up. You've got to be kidding me. Is this a weird thing? I don't like to rate my, um, like, Uber or Lyft drivers. Why? Well, I mean, I guess They're rating you. I guess if I really like them and honestly can give them a five, I will do it. But sometimes, like, the experience is... Not a five. It's a four, which isn't yeah. terrible, but like I feel like that actually messes up people's scores, so I just won't do it because you know, they know where I live <laughs> or where I work or wherever they drop me I off. agree, but the thought about them knowing where I live didn't occur to me. I just feel badly if maybe they're having a bad day and I just got a bad ride, so yeah. then I just let it go and I'm like, whatever. We'll just... <laughs> 
We'll just say that was a good ride. It got me from point A to point B. I don't need to say anything about it. Yeah. And this conversation sums up our psychosis. You are too nice, and I am paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're exactly right. Oh, man. What are we talking about today? Screen time. Screen time. We've had excessive screen time uh, recently. Uh, we actually been doing okay. I mean, they're on their screens all day for school. Well, I guess what I'm maybe because of the COVID, our yeah, screen time. The last six months have the been last six months elevated. Been. I saw an article um, that w- was from like March or April, right after the pandemic, and it was talking about how people started getting their iPhone alerts on screen time, like a week or two into the pandemic, and their screen time had, sh- like adults, had just shot, shot up, up like 150%, because oh you gosh. just went from like a normal life to, you know, freaking out and not having anything to do, and depending on, you know, what you were doing, or just like having a ton of anxiety, and so you're just like putzing around your phone a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, well, that was six months ago, and we're still apparently in a pandemic. Yeah, but the rates are less alarming because it's normalized. So. Yeah, exactly. Cool. <laughs> Um, so screen time, you want to define what we are talking about when we talk about screen time in this particular conversation? Yes. Um, so there's a difference in my mind, having screen time as a family, like watching a video together or kids, um, interacting as siblings, playing a game together. Like, um, our kids will sometimes join together and play Mario Kart or they'll do Minecraft together and build something crazy. And, um... That's different than an individualized screen time where a kid is sitting with an iPad alone in their dark room watching something for a couple hours. Right. So I would say that's the differentiation. I think the the former is probably more social. Um, I think they can be social in other ways, but I think it's a fun thing for kids to join together. I think where the line is drawn in that socialization is watching um, that they are not interacting Uh, a ton online and so like in person everybody sitting on the couch doing something together is fun you are feeling like the vibes in the room whereas when you have an online chat I think that jumps into more individualized screen time again because you're you're not interacting um in a in a highly relational way you are interacting still but I think it gets a little shifty or a little different yeah so yeah, just to further clarify that, we're not arguing that if you're sitting next to your sibling playing video games all day, that that's fine. Or if we just watch movies as a family for 20 straight hours, which I feel like we've been tempted to do on some days <laughs> lately, <laughs> yeah. uh, that that's necessarily good. But we are distinguishing. We're not real like those are things that we see as opportunities to connect actually is like playing video games together in the living room, having a family movie night. Um, but really what a lot of the anxiety I'll, I'll say that we have, but also that a lot of parents have is around their kids, you know, stowed away in a corner or in their room playing on their cell phone or iPad or, or watching TV, which was sort of the drug of choice when we were kids, right? Yeah, exactly. I would say it is the difference between having an event together versus just passing the time or just sort of yeah. mindless preoccupation. Yeah, and the isolation, I think, is a big part of, of the downside. It's not the only part, certainly. Like, I think if you sat next to someone and watched TV for 20 hours, again, like, that's also not good for your 
child's brain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the isolation is an added I, issue. I would say that even though, like, you and I are social at the end of the day, where we're we're watching a Netflix show or or something, like we need a break from that as well. Even though it's social, like you and I are together doing something, like that can't happen every night because we need to talk. Sometimes, once in a while. Yeah, monthly. <laughs> monthly chat. Right. I was just chuckling to myself because you get really mad at me if I'm not paying attention to the show we're watching. Yeah, I do. You're sitting over there playing some weird game or reading something on your phone. Like, it's the weirdest thing to me when we're watching something together and then we're both on our computers doing work. And so it gives the illusion of us doing something together and being engaged yeah. in a story together. But it's not, and so it just feels funny. Yeah, no, it's weird. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those. <laughs> I have a lot agree, of weird quirks. Unless we both agree, like let's put this on in the background and get some work done, or yeah. you know, like because there's there's something about that relational um, interaction that changes the dynamic. Uh, yeah, fully agree. Yes. Um, so why do you think parents um, have a lot of anxiety or concern around screen time and why do you and maybe sort of connects to that why is there so much sort of like I feel like this is an issue that's just in the air all the time people talk about it and worry about it um and especially when you have like young young kids it's like right up there with making sure you have the right crib and whether you should use a wedge or not which apparently you don't do anymore and yeah. uh you know like all those things it's like screen time's like right there why do you think it's such a prevalent kind of conversation of concern among parents? Well, I think that like many of those things, it has become pronounced because there there are dangerous elements about screen time. So there is the danger of isolation. There's the danger, of course, of your children interacting with strangers online because they've set up a chat inside of Minecraft or something relatively benign. Um, there's the danger of, I mean, I, I remember having our first kid and the, like the conversation on the playground was if you watch too many screens, they're never going to learn how to verbalize anything or they're not going to read or they're not going to do math right or they're not going to walk or they're not going to talk or blah, 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 blah. Like there's sort of this fear mongering saying your child's not going to succeed if you let them watch too much TV. And that goes along with a ton of things, right? So like if you let your child walk too soon and they haven't crawled long enough, their verbalization will be impaired or their learning will that's be a, impaired. That's a theory. That's a theory. Okay. And there is some proof about it. You know, like that there's I don't want to discount that there are scientific studies that say that excessive screen time is not good for children. There are scientific studies that say that if a child walks too soon, it does change some of their speech patterns, et cetera. So there are a ton of studies out there that give proof for all of these things. What I'm saying though is that we tend to cling to those things and say there are hard and fast rules around this and I'm going to feel guilty if I don't follow those rules. And I think motherhood, especially at the beginning, is riddled with guilt and fear. Like you just, you have this little thing that you're like, oh my gosh, now I have something to be responsible for. I'm totally going to screw this up. I think every mom has had that moment or several moments. And so anything you can gravitate toward that might offer some rules or stipulations or give you some power over another mother saying, oh, well, my child doesn't watch screen time. I think we gravitate toward those things to make ourselves feel better. And I really do believe that you can find a study to prove anything. Like 
I mean, you have to do a lot of research in order to find out what is actually true, what's right. actually accurate. So I just would say that, like, that has perpetuated our culture and a culture of parents to say, oh, my gosh, the MTV generation was raised with TVs on all the time, and now we it are going to awesome. change. <laughs> it was such a great time. And now we are going to change the narrative, and we are not allowing screens at all. But there is a place in the middle where we – where we moderate, where we can we can say we live in the gray, and sometimes there are more screens available in our home, and sometimes there are not, right. depending on our life at that yeah. moment and the age of our kids. I remember being in college and having a professor who was like, I don't have a TV in my home. And um, he wasn't the most normal guy, as you might imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. But my point but is... Did you... Yeah, go ahead. Well, my point was going to be like... Part of me was like, oh, man, I'm so impressed. I wish I could live that way. And I just, I can't. Like, I mean, I could, like, if the, the whole electronic grid went off, I wouldn't die because I didn't have TV. But in a world where I can have television, I'm going to use it sometimes. We're going to watch stuff. And so I think that for some people, personality-wise, um, they are built where they can just be like, I just don't do that. Like, I just teetol. Teetol? I'm a teetoler. You know, someone who doesn't drink, someone who doesn't, like, do whatever, doesn't watch screens, and our kids are never going to do it, that's fine. But I think, to your point about guilt, if that's not the route you're going, you shouldn't feel guilty. I think it is figuring out what's an appropriate amount. Um, and I think, to your point about studies, part of the issue is, in terms of the screens our kids use predominantly, I mean, they watch TV, but, like iPhones and tablets and those sorts of things, like there's not a ton of long-term research because those things are less than 15 years old, right? Right. And that doesn't mean, well, let's just keep doing it until we figure out smoking's bad. Like maybe it's not, you know, like I think yeah. it, there, there's enough evidence to say that we need to be thoughtful about this. We need to limit it and we need to help our kids build um, sort of self-regulation and ability to make smart choices as they grow older, right? Yeah, and I would say even as you're talking, I feel this fear rising in me that our listeners are going to hear this and be like, oh, they believe screens are okay and I will be judged, which I think that I will be judged, oh. me and you. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, that family has a TV in their home? You've got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. those kids are going to be jacked up. That fear, literally, as you're talking, I'm like, oh, I should defend ourselves and be like, well, we didn't watch our oldest – let our let our oldest watch screens until he was 18 months when we had our second child and it was a moment of desperation. Right. And we didn't have like we have desires not to have a TV in our home um and lived by that for a little bit. One of the funny stories about us not wanting a TV in our main living area <laughs> was when we were first married, we were like, okay, we're going to put the TV in this tiny little apartment in the second bedroom of this apartment with this old weird futon that didn't have legs on it. So it wasn't comfortable. So it wasn't comfortable. We put it in the second bedroom and we're like, we're going to watch list TV. That's not how it worked. We just were super uncomfortable watching TV, you know? So like there are these, uh, these ideals I have in my head that make me feel like, oh my gosh, first of all, people who are listening to this are going to be like, letting their kids watch screens is awful. This is the worst advice yeah. ever. Um, the second thing that's rising in me is like, I should have a desire to watch less TV or to like be outside playing with my kids and kicking a ball around. But the truth is that like, I can't operate out of that guilt. I have to operate out of 
the functionality of our home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes right now at four o'clock between four and six, I'm like, for the love of God, find something to watch so I can make dinner and we can get our life going for the evening. Yeah. 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 I echo all that. (laughs) I mean, I think as we talk about this, there's this fear um, that we're going to be judged because we're not in the right slot, the right bucket, right? Like we're not all against it or all for it or like exactly 1.2 hours a day is exactly what we allow our kids every single day, right? Like it ebbs and flows Um, and vice versa. Like even as we're talking, like I don't, I don't want to come across as if we are judging or making fun of people who make different decisions than us. Like some people will be more lenient. Some people will be stricter than us. And that's great too, right? Like I I do think a lot of what we try to talk about on this podcast is having uh, empathy for other people and parenting. And we're all trying to do the best we can. And we want to encourage each other and uh, not judge and Well, and I would say that the point is not necessarily the hours or the amount of time or the rules around screen time. I would say that the point of this podcast is to encourage parents and encourage ourselves to be thoughtful about it. Um, And I think some of those thoughtful pieces include, like, checking your own motivation for why your kids are in front of a screen. Yeah. Um, And I think the other part of being thoughtful is watching your kids and how they're responding. So if they, if they actually need some downtime and alone time, sometimes a screen time with a show is a good way to just sit and pass the time and let everybody rest for a minute and then move on with the day. If your child is coming out of screen time and is crazy and dysfunctional and doing wild things, then you might want to pull back and be like, hey, this may not be the best for you in this stage of life. You might be able to handle more screen time later, but right now it doesn't seem like you're able to handle this. Yeah, I mean, we've had one child at at different points where he just was not getting along with his brothers as well when he had more screen time. And so we just kind of had to work around that and figure out what's going on and why. And some of that is like helping transition where it's like, we let you have a certain amount of screen time and then we need to like kind of engage with you (laughs) yeah, exactly, and um, bring you back to, here's how you interact with humans. Um, Which, so there's a bunch of thoughts throwing in my head because I think this is such an expansive topic. um, And so hopefully this won't be like circular or lost, but one thing, I was listening actually to someone f- who works for PBS Kids talk about screen time, and obviously she wasn't saying like... Thir- no motive there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No <laughs> bias. But, and her point wasn't like just all the, you should have screen time all the time, but she was talking about like, here are some of the concerns that parents commonly have, and here's actually some of the things that are good. Um, and so she wasn't saying blanketly that screen time is good, but she was pointing to the fact that screens can be used in a really positive way and I think that's true like you can your kids can use it for educational purposes there's ways to actually have interactive um, games out there that actually get your kids to move around because I think that's one of the concerns is people are like oh my kid won't go outside or won't play or won't get as much activity but young kids actually will like dance around and do all kinds of silly fun things with a screen if the game or the show they're watching um, asks them to do that like I remember our one of our kids like I don't know if it was Elmo or one of those types of characters would talk to them and they'll talk back. Like it's a very like (laughs) human interactive experience for them at that age. Um, And so it can be a positive. The other thing I was thinking though, when you were um, talking earlier is that 
our kids watching, whether it's, you know, when they're younger and they're kind of watching PBS kids or, or those types of more educational programming that you might want them to be watching. As they get older, they start watching TV shows or movies. Like it's actually a great opportunity to connect with your kids and ask them about what they're watching, what they're learning. Maybe like, you know, it's not like let's have a moral talk right now, but like our kids watch things that have, you know, they, they watch through the office or they're watch you know, they watch through right. different TV shows where there's like things you can have good conversations around like, Hey, this is a funny show, but is that in real life really appropriate? Like, and helping them gauge, <laughs> right. or you know, like th- there was uh, a conflict in this show or this movie. Like, what do you think about that? How do you deal with that in real life? And so, it can actually be an opportunity to really engage with them and develop empathy and develop skills around understanding conflict and um, you know, real relationship, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that that's the second point that I would make in a pretty significant way is that. So not only are we encouraging thoughtful parenting, so engaging with your child, checking your own motivation, checking theirs, checking for addiction issues. Um, we have one child who wakes up and is like, when can I have screen time? <laughs> and like heavy breathing. We're like, oh, we may want to back this up. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is teaching and training self-regulation. So I think that one of the issues that can, can arise with excessive screen time is that we don't want to be bothered with a child's um, misbehavior or interruption, say, out to dinner or um, when we're talking with a friend. And sometimes that makes sense. Um, But it dismisses the power we have as a parent to teach self-regulation. And that takes a ton of time. And when we're putting a child in front of a screen, we are asking the screen to take care of it, and we're losing out on that time to really train them when they're young so that when they're older, we, remember, we're, we're not sprinting. We are doing a marathon. So we're looking into the future and saying, man, what I really want for my kid is that when they get to college, they're able to shut off a screen and say, I need to go outside and I need to go exercise and I need to take care of my brain. I need to go read a book. I'm feeling like their internal... Feelings, they can start regulating and understanding, oh, my body doesn't like X, you mm-hmm. know? And I mean, I think that's with everything. So with food, any sort of um, thing can, that can be addictive, teaching our kids how to feel what's inside their body and being able to solve those issues on their own. But that starts when they're very, very young. And that's where I would pull back and say, that's where we pull out the screen. And we say, man, I'm really sorry. I'm going to teach you what it feels like to be uncomfortable at dinner. And it's going to be hard, you know, and this is going to be uncomfortable for me because you embarrass the crap out of me when we're out to dinner. And all I want to do is give you a phone. So you just shut up. Are you talking about our kids or about me right now? (laughs) (laughs) I do embarrass you. (laughs) No, that's not true. Remember when we were on a date like early on and you told me that you were easily, or you weren't easily embarrassed. And I was like, oh, please. And I laughed super obnoxiously, yeah. like in a restaurant. You show everybody? <laughs> you want to do it? It's loud. So turn down your sound. <laughs> like, I felt like you could have crawled under a table. Anyway. No, you're right. Embarrassing moments. So my parents maybe shouldn't put me in front of a screen when I was two years old. I'm just kidding. They never did. We didn't have phones. Um, yeah. 
Even a home phone? You just, you guys, <laughs> you just telegraph? They're like, here, hold this phone and look at it. You're going to love it. <laughs> our, our son yesterday or two days ago, we were all hanging out, and he's like, Dad, tell us about your childhood. And I was like, well, it was all in black and white. <laughs> uh, it was uphill both ways, always snowing. Um, yeah, and I think there are, um, like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like this can be a developmental thing. So full disclosure, like I talked about how we don't want to judge people. I totally judge people when their kids watch a phone at the restaurant. I don't know why that drives me nuts. I'm wrong. I, this is me <laughs> admitting <laughs> to are, all of you man, that I'm a, a jerk. Confession. <laughs> yes. So this is my confession time. But like thinking through that, the answer doesn't have to be like, we're not going to let you look at a phone at all at dinner. The answer might be like, yeah, we're out either on a, you know, parents on a date or a few like adults are together and there's one child and they don't have much to do, but we're going to sort of prep them and be like, hey, we're going to bring a book and we're going to bring your favorite Lego or your favorite toy and you cannot watch anything until after you've eaten. But then once you do, like, if you get through this without making a scene or whatever, like, yeah, you can watch something and you kind of get best of both worlds. Yeah. Right? Like, you get an opportunity to sort of develop uh, grit in them. You get an opportunity to have some time where you can be an adult with other adults without having to pay, pay, you know, through the nose for a babysitter. Um, And they get a little bit of a reward, but they also learn, like, oh, when I do things, like, when I do these good things, like, I also get a reward. And so it's, like, kind of all tied together. That's better than just being like, I'm either going to give in or we're just going to fight for the whole meal. Yeah, exactly. And I think that one thing to note is that um, if um, if you have screens at the dinner table I don't know, like, and then you go out to dinner and you're like, no, no screens. Like, if you're not doing this at home, there's no way you should try to go out somewhere and have dinner. Dinner's a really good example of this um, because there's a lot of training ground around the dinner table. And so, like, teaching a child how to sit in public, it happens in a lot of ways at a dinner table where you're like, hey, you've got to sit down (laughs) for the love of God. (laughs) Or... I mean, we've done dinner tables or dinner times where we're like, okay, everybody take a lap, run three times, and then come back and sit down because yeah. there, there's no way. But that training has to happen at home before we actually engage with the public. So I think that before you go into public, like this is, this is like, this is thoughtful parenting at its best, right? So saying, okay, my training ground is at home with my kids because I want to teach them self-regulation. I want to teach them how to feel their own body. I want to teach them when they feel full with food. I want to teach them when they feel full with screens. I want them to be able to understand all of the inputs coming their way and how to regulate that. So you practice that at home, and then you take it on the road, and you bring it to public, and then you pull back. Like So things may go south when you go into public, and then you pull back and you say, hey, this didn't go well. Let's practice again. But that's act, that's parenting. That's the thoughtfulness behind it. And that's planning for the long term. Yeah, absolutely. I would encourage parents to just be thinking. Like, you know, read the studies and, and whatnot. But, man, just be thinking about your child and, and see them well and, and plan ahead to formulate what you really want to draw out of them because they've got some really good stuff that we would miss if they're sitting behind a screen all the time. Yeah, and maybe just worry less. Yeah, (laughs) and maybe, like, I think this is a lesson for myself, like, as fear rises in me as we 
as we record this and also as guilt rises in me because I'm like everything in me just can't wait for them to have screen time at the end of the day as well. Yeah. Like those are things that like if it is driven by fear and guilt, my motivation is wrong and I need to pull that back. Yeah. That actually reminds me, I read a book, um, which I may have mentioned before called in indistractable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was essentially written by the guy who wrote a book about how, on like how um, social media and other tech apps were designed to uh, keep your attention. Um, and so this is like his reverse side of it, which is like, how do we navigate that world? But one of the things he really starts with is that most of the distraction that we as adults experience on phones um, or other technology or really any distraction is actually uh, a pain management um methodology. Oh, interesting. And I've noticed this ever since reading that, that when I get caught up putzing around on my phone, it is generally because there's something, it it could be boredom, and that's probably most often with our kids is boredom, but it also, for me, could be like anxiety or like a sense of exhaustion because I just finished a project or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something that I'm kind of trying to like avoid mm-hmm. and, um uh, sometimes it's just silence. Like I just don't want silence, and so I'm gonna, w- whether that's literal silence or just silence in my head. Uh, you know, I'm gonna fill it with either listening to a podcast or music, or I'm gonna fill it with reading something. Right? Even as I'm, we're sitting here right now. I'm like, oh man, I need a break. I need to. <laughs> I feel like a smoker. <laughs> like I need a little hit. So I, I think th- that's important for us to recognize as parents that we are driven by that, that, you know, our, if, if we have an addiction or if we have a pull towards use, looking at our phone, it is caused by an emotional response first. Um, and that also that is true for our kids. So if our kids are demanding screen time um, or we're sort of using screen time to moderate their emotions, like we're not actually helping them engage with their boredom or their fear or their uncomfortableness in whatever they might be feeling. And that over time, um, you know, is a great way actually to engage with their hearts and what's going on and help them develop those skills. Yeah, I agree. So I think a couple takeaways just zipping through this really quickly is, um, the we want to take a long-term view as always I think if you've listened to us for any period of time that's what we're always looking for is we're looking at the marathon not the sprint Um, and so long-term we're trying to teach self-regulation so that our kids learn how to shut things down not just screens but just in general get them to feel their bodies and 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 use that as a dashboard to act Um, And we want to be thoughtful. I think one of the indicators or one of the good questions to ask around screen time specifically um, to, I guess, ask ourselves as parents is, is this time purposeful? Like, Mm -hmm. are they, um, is this a passive, just like a a way to pass time for our kids? Or is this a purposeful, thoughtful um, interaction with a screen? So if the purpose is I need to make dinner and you need to get out of the kitchen, that like that, I think that's okay. Right. You know, if the purpose is, hey, we all just need some separation and some downtime, I think that's okay. Same thing with, um, have we created an event around family movie night? There's purpose in that for our family. So, I think that's a really good generalized question to ask ourselves as parents, um, rather than going 
to any number of study, studies saying, oh, two hours is okay, oh, six hours is okay per day, blah, blah, blah. What, those studies are okay. If that's what you abide by, that's great. But the real question, I think, is asking yourself, is this purposeful for my child? Is this purposeful for our family? Right. And then go from there to make your decisions. Yeah, and that gives some flexibility. Like when we're on vacation, our kids watch a lot more screens. Yeah. Right, depending on the vacation, but generally they do, and it's okay. Like there is some purpose in letting them kind of let their hair down, use that phrase. There's some purpose in giving us a little bit more of a break to just like kind of talk and be adults, and and so that's okay. And then we come back to real life, and we sort of wean ourselves off of that, and that's okay. Yes, it reminds me of like how we think about dessert, how we think about wine, how we think about um, other things that can become addictive, mm-hmm. um, but in moderation, like. I mean, unless it's COVID. I'm not drinking wine every night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And same thing with dessert. Like, it's not healthy for my body to be eating dessert every night, right? right? But in moderation, those things are great. It's not healthy for me to be watching hours of screen time every day. But on vacation, it's really fun, right? So thinking about it in similar terminology is helpful. Yeah, and I think the only thing I would add is a practical thing that's worked for us, which is just being really clear on what the expectations are. When the expectations for our kids on when they can have screen time and how much they can have aren't clear, they ask all the time and they sort of like grind us down and it's much easier to be like, oh yeah, just, and we give them more than we want. Yeah. But if we're like, hey, here's the parameters, like you're going to have one hour a day and it's going to start at this time or it's going to start once you finish these projects or these chores, Whatever you want, however you want to structure it, like just a lot of clarity, I think is helpful for our kids. Um, I mean, we've had situations where it's like we told them in advance, like, hey, you're not going to have screens for the next couple of days. Just like we decided, whatever. And they just stop asking and they just go find things to do outside. Right? Exactly. And I do think that those parameters are easier to maintain when your children are younger. I would say that as our eldest son edges into teenage years, I think it. I think that shifts a little bit, and that's okay. Like those parameters look a little bit different. Just right. to just to clarify that, like, like it's very difficult to say to your six year old or your seven year old the same rule applies to your fourteen or fifteen year old right. child, right? So their phones at play and whatnot, and it's okay for their parameters to be different from each other, yeah. and like for them to feel that that they don't. It doesn't all have to be fair or equal. Um, right that's okay because different kids have different privileges and different capabilities. Yeah. It doesn't have to be fair. Yeah. I think that's another conversation for another time, which is how you train your tween or teen on how to operate a phone. Cause they're, they're going to become an adult at some point and have a phone or whatever, a Jetson pack in there, whatever, whatever <laughs> that really exists in the next 10 years. It's Jetson pack. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's the most futuristic <laughs> thing I get. The age of 35 is going to be like, what? <laughs> Just Google the Jetsons theme song. Meet the Jetsons. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, um, they're going to live in this world. And so that's a totally different discussion around how do you build the skill of self-regulation in a whole other way? How do you teach them? Um, how to have a phone and to use it wisely but not become addicted to it. Um, Because I don't think the answer is don't give them one and then just wait for them to be an adult and have one and they have to figure it out on their own, right? Like that's actually a really good uh, time to walk alongside and train up your kid. Yeah, I think that's our next week's episode. Oh, man. (laughs) i got to stop bringing these things up and then you make me prep for... (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, that that would be good, so... I think that's all I got. You got more? Yeah. So be thoughtful. Um, 
we're teaching self-regulation. That's the that's the goal. Long-term vision. Long-term vision. All Let's right. Go. Let's do a stat of the week. Stat of the week. All right, Rach. Rach. How you doing? Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we talked about screen time. Yeah. So I got a stat of the week that is about screen time. Awesome. It is from Zenith Media. They did a 2019 study. So I'm going to ask you in minutes, so not hours, but minutes, uh, what, how much time per day do consumers spend on average on media of any kind in a day? On media of any kind? Yeah. Um, let's see. I need to do some math. Carry the three. Carry three. The unless you're doing modern math that they're teaching in schools, which I don't understand. The seven? The big seven? My gosh, yes. Unbelievable. I'm going to say 850 minutes. How many hours is that? That's a ton. It's like six and a half hours. <laughs> wow. Six hours, roughly. Uh, no. <laughs> it's over 12 hours. What? You On said, media? You said, No, you said 820 minutes. Divide oh. that by 60. <laughs> because I made, I made, <laughs> I did 120 times six. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need some more coffee. This is awful. You said, you think I there carried the one and everything. You think there are 120 minutes in an hour? <laughs> it is right. not even 8 a.m. yet. Just re throw me a bone. Redo your math. Six hours times 60 minutes. What do you get? Uh, Six hours times 16 minutes. This is 360 minutes. Okay, that's closer. I don't have to carry the one. I can do it in my head. That's closer. Um, it's 479 minutes. Really? Which is just shy of eight hours. Oh, my gosh. 479 minutes. That's an average adult. And it's up from 420 minutes in 2013. So that's up like 59 minutes over... Six years because this was done in 2019. Uh -huh. The expectation it'll be about 495 in 2021. They didn't know the COVID was coming, so it's probably like <laughs> 550 it's right now. Through the roof. Now I bet it is up at, up to 820. Yeah. <laughs> and so just internet on your phone was three and a half hours is what the average adult. I'm spends. not surprised. Like if I look at my screen time stuff on my phone. Yeah, I feel it's, it's really. I feel disgusting. dirty though. Like I'm like ugh. I just I need to like yeah. My, you were making fun of me because I put my phone further away from my our bed last night because <laughs> I was because I wanted to get better sleep. I don't know if that helps or not, but then I can barely reach it to turn off my alarm, <laughs> which is sort of the point. But also I end up falling out of the bed. Yeah, you know, for like a week I put my phone downstairs to charge and I used an like old school alarm clock. Yeah. Did it work? Yes, I actually slept better. Why don't we do that? Why don't we commit to trying? A because week? I couldn't. Because I'm an addict. Well, I don't self-regulate. Right, right now, you and I can commit in front of both of our listeners. Yeah. That we will put our phones downstairs for a week and try that. In, in front of both of our listeners. <laughs> Thank you for getting that joke. <laughs> I was like, wait, we have more than two, don't we? Shucks, three, maybe. Yeah. So anyway, actually, August uh, was our best month ever yes so thank you yeah, we are so, so appreciative keep uh listening sharing if if you find this encouraging yeah. just share us we're not in this to do anything except for encourage and ignite good conversations and buy a lamborghini someday <laughs>
We don't even have a, we don't even have a garage. How I funny know. would that be? We just had a two hundred thousand dollar car in our driveway, getting pelted by rain and sticks falling from our trees. Oh man, seriously. No, no we uh, we do really enjoy doing this, but we would love for more and more people to find value in it. So please do send it to a friend, share it, and if you have a moment to give us a good rating, if you have a bad rating, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> but if you have time to give us a we good rating, please a do bad that. Day, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And have uh, grace and mercy on your fellow parents. Oh, man. Encourage them. Encourage your fellow parents. You guys, were in it together. In it to win it. In it to win it. And hey. every second counts. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> Thanks for working on the farm, Rach. Thank you for working on the farm. Check ya.